God's good. Turn to Genesis 13. I want to talk to you about your focus is your future. Your focus is your future. Genesis 13 and verse 10 and 11. If you could pull that up. Keep me from wearing my glasses the whole time. Genesis 10. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw. I want you to start marking in your Bible. And I, I, and I promise you, I'm going to go quick. I believe blessed are the brief. They shall be invited back. So let's, let's take off and let's learn something together. Let's learn something from the word. I pastored for over 22 years, I promise you. I know, know where we're going and what the Lord wants to say. So y'all hook up with me. And because I go fast, don't, don't, don't unhook. Just stay with me. Mark in your Bibles every time it says look or see. Look or see. And so he says, Lot lifted up his eyes, and he saw all the plain of Jordan. And y'all know the story. Abram had grown so much, and his flocks had grown so much, and Lot's flocks had grown so much that they started fighting over water at the well. So Abram says, we're brothers. We should not be in strife. Let's separate from one another. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So Lot, his nephew, lifted up his eyes and he picked the best land and it was around Sodom. How many know everything that looks good is not good? So he chose, he lifted up his eyes and he chose that area and that became his future. Look in verse 14 to verse 17. Genesis 13 verse 14 to 17. Y'all got it? And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look. So God is talking to Abram, but he's got to get Abram's focus on the right thing. Why? Your focus is your future. Your focus is your future. I was teaching my uh, daughter to drive and we went to a construction thing and you know they put up the temporary wall and it squeezes you and I got to looking at my daughter and she was driving like this and she was doing that. She looked, I said, don't do that. She goes, what? She goes, I don't want to hit that wall. I said, the way to not hit it is don't focus on it. You need to focus where you want to go, not where you don't. You focus where you don't, you'll go there. Why? Your focus is your future. Your focus brings you into that direction. Whatever you're looking at becomes a magnet for your life. So God is saying to Abraham, I need you to look up from your family, your circumstances, where you are, and I need you to see something different. Happened to me when I was 17 years old. At a United Pentecostal church. Now I love the United Pentecostals. They're going to make heaven. What they're going to do is they're going to shoot past it. And then they're going to come back to it. I love them. They're saved. But I don't agree with their doctrine. Because they believe that if you don't speak in tongues you're not saved. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches except a person be born again. He cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. 
I believe in that experience. I believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit later, but I actually got born again accidentally at the United Pentecostal Church. Now, there's very few people I've ever heard say this, but when I stood up as a 17-year-old, I said out loud, that's it. Because I'm going to tell you in, in just mere seconds, Eternal life entered inside of me. Now listen to me. If you're not born again today and you're listening to me, don't judge your experience by mine because you don't have to feel a single thing to get saved. The only thing you got to do to get saved is just believe. Just believe. You don't have to feel nothing. You don't have to get goosebumps. Nothing. Okay? But that's not what happened to me. I felt like I got ran over by a train And the train was the love of God. I was born in a super, super dysfunctional home. If you looked up the word dysfunction in Webster's, it would would say, refer to the Trocal family. We went to church three times a week. Going to church didn't make you a Christian anymore. And going to barn makes you a cow. We sang the songs, we prayed the prayer, and when we got home, we tried to kill each other. And that is not figuratively speaking. So it was crazy. My dad was alcoholic, violent. My mother was an alcoholic, over-the-counter drug addict. My brother was alcoholic, drug addict, and criminal. Father killed himself, brother killed himself, mother died a long time ago. What happened with me? Well, eternal life came inside of me and I started seeing differently. I started seeing that my life did not have to be the way my family raised me. I started seeing that I did not have to live like my daddy or my brother or my mother. By the way, my mother did get saved and filled the Holy Spirit before she died. And you know the second thing I said when I got born again? I said, I started arguing with people. I said, who changed the lights in the, in the building? They said, what? I said, who changed the lights in the church? Somebody's changed the lights. They said, Trogel, nobody changed anything. What are you talking about? I said, I, I, I see color now. Before I was born again, I wasn't seeing color. I got born again and my physical sight changed. It was an indicator that my spiritual light, my spiritual eyes had opened. He said, except you be born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. You get born again, you start seeing. Maybe today you just born into a funky house with crazy people. I am living testimony that no matter how crazy your life was before in Christ, it can all be made new. So pull it up again. He said, see, he's talking to Abram about his sight. Why? Because his focus is his future. He's got to get him to look north, south, east, and west. He's got to help him define the boundaries. Now, listen, I know that things are bad in the world. We know that. We don't, we, 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 we don't have to go over that. I was at a gas station the other day. Really a strange thing. You know, people used to talk about the weather. 
And I was at a gas station the other day, and the way the, the guy on the other side of the pump, the way his truck was, he was, he was backed up, leaned up against his truck looking at me, and the way I had positioned my car, I was filling my car up, and it kind of put us right in front of each other, which is a little bit awkward, you know, and he's a bubba. Y'all know what a bubba is? Don't, don't, don't make me explain to you. You've seen them. They're all over Lake Charles. He's a bubba, yeah. He's sitting there, and our eyes meet. And usually, it it usually you know the normal would be pretty hot. Man, it's hot today, isn't it? Yeah. Who likes gonna rain? Might do it. I don't know. No. Out of the blue, he looks at me, and goes, "Things are bad, aren't they?" What a strange thing to say to a complete stranger. But you know what? That was what was on his mind, was how bad things are in the United States. And it just came out out of the abundance of, the, of his heart. His mouth just spoke, and he said, things are bad, ain't it? And I just looked at him and said, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a dip. I don't do that anymore, but I said, yeah. Got a, a, a little girl in Texarkana has self-identified as a cougar. Her mama has attached a cattail to her behind. She walks down the hall with a tail sticking out. And now they're petitioning the school to put a litter box in the girl's bathroom. Now they say a cat has nine lives. You let that girl come live in my house for two weeks, we'll blow through all nine. And so she could get back to her real self. Beyond words. Now, you know, the Bible, uh, the thing is, we shouldn't be surprised. I know Christians, they act surprised. You know, we shouldn't be surprised. The Bible literally lines out everything that's happening today. It spells it out in detail. Why do we keep acting surprised that things are the way they are? It's only confirmation that we are in the last days. This really is it. No, no, really. No, no, really. It really, really is. I, you know, I've read, I, I, I've got a master's degree. I studied, you know, other religions and I studied there. There's no book that any religion has that predicts the future the way the Bible does. No other book, no other literature on the planet even comes close to the Bible. You may say, how do we know the Bible is true? Because it says something is going to happen hundreds of years before it happens, and then it happens exactly the way it said. Only God can do that. So I don't know why we are all, we act surprised about what's happening. We should not be surprised. Here's another thing we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be overwhelmed. Jesus told us what to do, exactly what to do, and how to act. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not like the world, I give it to you. I promise you, Jesus is not shaken on the throne. 
He's not nervous by anything that's going on. He said, well, what's, what's, what's happening in the world? Listen, you can write it down. Romans 1, verse 24, Romans 1, verse 26, and Romans 1, verse 28 says, God gave them up. God has given people up. The insanity that you're seeing has a reason behind it. The insanity has come because God has given those people up. And I know in today's world where we can't, we can't even imagine a Jesus other than a little cushy Jesus who exists to give me pleasure and serve me. Uh, that's the church environment we're living in. Uh, let me inform you, he is still Lord. I said, he is still Lord. He is king of all kings and he is Lord of all lords. And when he decides to give you up, no wonder you go crazy and think your daughter is a cat. Twice he says, God gave them up. The third time it says, God gave them over. But let me just tell you, it's not the only thing that's happening right now. Look at Isaiah chapter 60, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 3. This is, this is a prophecy to Israel, but it does show us that two things can happen at the same time. And it just, it's a matter of where your focus is. Look at what it says in Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Next verse. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise. Somebody ought to be shouting or doing something by now. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. It's a great day to be saved. It's a great day to be a Christian. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be in a great church with great pastors that have a great future. Let me give you a word from around the world. It ain't all bad. Not, not just around the world. Shreveport, I'm so proud. The United Methodist Church of Shreveport just voted to opt out of the Methodist religion. And they said, we do not embrace the perversity of our denomination. We're going a different direction. It's happening all over the, it's happening all over the United States. The, the false church is separating from the real church. It's not all bad news. At least we know who we be. Not all bad news. Where we're going in the world, we're seeing record number of, of Muslims coming to Jesus. The fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. It is fueled by teenage girls who are evangelizing their own nation. You'll never see it on the news. The mosques are empty. The young people are rejecting Islam and you'll never see it on the news. But I got the scoop on it. They're getting saved by the thousands. Come on. God is shaking the world. I was in Lebanon preaching to refugees. Preaching to Syrian refugees. 
There was a man there who told me that his brother got saved and he was the bouncer in the mosque. He was the one that squeezed money for the, for the mosque. Big guy, big guy. The mosque leaders got together. The Islamic leaders got together and told him, you, you, you know what you got to do? He said, I know. My brother's coming. I'll kill him. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. His brother came to see him. I heard the testimony myself. Told it to me myself right in his own apartment. His English wasn't so good, but you couldn't deny what he was saying. He said, my brother came to see me and he knew that I was going to kill him. But he stood up before bedtime and walked over to me and said, I don't know what you're going to do, but my soul is right with God and I'm going to go to bed. And he went to bed. The guy sat down on the couch. He got out his big sword. He sat down. He started crying. He didn't want to kill his brother, but he's going to kill his brother. He's sitting there with his hand on top of his head. He was weeping, waiting for his brother. He wanted to get him good sound and sleep, make a good, quick, clean kill. He said, I felt a hand on my shoulder. He said, I looked up and there stood the Christ. He said, look here in my hands what I do for you. Look here in my side what I do for you. You will not murder your brother. You will live for me, you and your family. He said, Jesus, they will kill me. He said, no, tonight you flee to Lebanon. He was in Syria. You and your family, you flee. I show you what to do. He goes to Lebanon. He's there in the morning with his family. Sees a man across the street, not even saved. The Holy Spirit says, go join yourself to that man. Tell him you're a believer in God now. He went and stopped the man and said, I believe God. I believe Jesus. Who are you? He said, I'm pastor of this church right here. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Not everything is bad. Leaders are coming together. In Burundi, we had people sitting together whose fathers and grandfathers had murdered each other in the genocide. And there they were sitting side by side by each other. And by the end of it, we took communion together and the glory of God came down. Turn to your neighbor and say, it ain't all bad. Can you say amen? Now, if you're taught the end times the right way, let me close with this. If you're taught the right way, you won't be all weird and scared. Right? I mean, just to put it plainly, the night before my wedding, I was kind of excited. The night before my wedding, I was excited with anticipation. I'm going to marry the, the sweetheart of my, my dreams. So I'm not, I'm not setting up the night before my wedding going, oh, dang, got to hook to the old ball and chain tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You know, if you run track, when you see the finish line, it can give you some energy. You get excited. Hey, I'm I'm ending the race. I see the finish line. It's time for more energy. Somehow I saw the finish line and I got excited because I know I'm close. I'm closer now than I've ever been. We are closer now than we've ever been to standing in front of the Lord and Savior. 
If you're taught it the right way, you won't get weird and goofy. If you want to save up pine nuts to eat later, knock yourself out. I don't care. I don't care. Luke 21, 28, look what it says. Jesus said, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. He's telling us, you're close. Get excited. Come on, church. Get excited. This is the last leg of the race. We ought to get fired up about it. God chose you to close out the whole thing. If I don't fire you up, your wood's too wet. Hey, listen, listen to the nature of God. This is not on the stuff, so you guys, I'm throwing you a curve. But let me, let me just throw you a curve. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, notice about the nature of God. Let me, somebody fill in the blanks for me. What does, good, what does gospel mean? Say it again. The word gospel actually means good news. Now, get this. God has designed his system where you don't receive his power unless you believe something good. When you believe something good, then he'll give you his power. I, I, it's, when you hear Christians talk today, it's almost like they got more faith in what the devil is doing in the world than what God's doing in the world. Shouldn't be that way. I know what's happening in the world, but that's not my focus. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I'm enjoying it, but I ain't stuck to it. I am passing through. This is not my home. So I ain't going to freak out over anything that's happening. You think you're a cougar? Go for it. Meow. God bless you. Knock yourself out. But I'm in the kingdom. Listen, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. The path of the just is like the light of the sun. It, it shines brighter and brighter to a more perfect day. I'm in a progressive kingdom that gets better the closer and the more I walk. The more I press into God, things get better in my life. David had the audacity to say in Psalm 23, verse 6, goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. I was talking to a preacher the other day. He's struggling in his ministry. He's, got, he's had a hard time. He's had a hard time the whole, his whole life. He finally came to me and said, Paul, can you help me? Can you, can you tell me anything? I'm having trouble. I said, I know, I know, but it has to do with your core belief. It has to do with something that you believe now. Why? You cannot separate the core belief that you have in your heart and how you see yourself. So he has a core belief that he's a nobody and nobody loves him. So everywhere he goes, he sees rejection. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that you don't even know you're the one tripping up your own life. 
I said, the difference between you and me is, I believe that most people are going to like me. I believe that I walk in the favor of God. And God, God can actually get people to like me who really don't like me. And it's by his favor. And I believe I walk in that favor. And when, so when I go everywhere, I'm looking for people to like me because I believe that's what's going to happen. And when I look at them and smile, they go, hey, I like that guy. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was, was going to happen. I know you think I'm crazy, but listen, look what David said. Goodness and mercy are going to track me down all the days of my life. There's some people here today, all you believe is your past. Misery and pain are going to follow you all the days of your life. That was me, but I jumped track. I saw something different. I started believing something different. And because I believed something different, I saw something different. My focus became different. And because my focus became different, my future changed. I was on the path of all Cajun trocles. Jail. Sexually transmitted disease. Drunkenness and death. Welcome to the Trocle family line. I, I, I did a study on, my, on our history, you know, and we found out there's only one Trocle that fought in the Civil War. When he, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he got back from the Civil War, he went down in some swamp in, in Louisiana. He got a bunch of women pregnant and got a disease and died. <laughs> I thought, that's a Trocle right there. If I ever seen one, that's a Trocle right there. So what happened to you? I, I got born again and I got new eyes. I started seeing now we come up out of poverty, come up out of being poor. Now at the end of this, at the end of this year, I'll be in 32 nations. I will have been in 32 nations. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. Cost a lot of money. You say, how do you do it? I don't know. God's will, God's bill. Come on, God's will, God's bill. I'll go anywhere. You know me, I got one gift in life, a big mouth. Come on, God, let's go where you want me. He's, and he's doing it. He's doing it. Nations are opening up to us with people that are nation changers that we didn't have to work to get into relationship with. God is bringing us into favor with those people and they're asking us to come. And we're not having to manipulate or work or sweat or cry or just load up and go and shoot. Boom. Watch God do great stuff. Don't you ever feel sorry for me. I'm living a great life. Hallelujah. So what do we got to do? Write this down. End time living. Number one, get excited. Number one, get excited. We, Jesus said, look up. That means look up with anticipation. Look up with hope. Look up with joy. Look up with excitement. Jesus is coming. The end of all things is at hand. The crazy guy with the scraggly beard and the poster board sign that says the end is near. He ain't looking so crazy now. He might have been 20 years ago, but he ain't right now. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. 1 John chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, 
but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. You want to focus on the future, you need to focus on the idea that you're about to see Jesus face to face. That should motivate you to a pure life. Come on. Praise the Lord. I do a lot of men's ministry, I'm telling you. Porn is the biggest elephant in the church right now. We need to kill that sucker and chop him up and get rid of him. Just a malignant cancer in the church right now. No point in playing games about it. We need to get real about it. Time to get purity back in the house of God. I said it's time to get purity back in the house of God. It starts, it starts with you and your house. And you say amen. So get serious. That's the second thing you can do. Get serious. Number three, get ready to harvest. John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus says, look... Don't say there's four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. You know, last night, uh, Pastor uh, David took me to where? Where was it? Where'd we eat? Cadillac. All right. Y'all know the, the gambling place. I'm walking through that place and I'm saying to myself, sweetheart, who told you you look good in there? Somebody lied to you. But you know what I saw? I saw people walking and, and emptiness in their eyes. Just no life there. They're, they're, man, they're trying to get it. They're trying to find the satisfaction that you and I walk in every day. And I said, oh God, look at the harvest field. Don't get so sickened by the harvest field that you don't want to reach them. Don't communicate to them that you actually hate their sins so much you hate them. That's wrong. No, we do hate sin, but we love people. Messed up people. And can I, can I, can I meddle with you a little bit? Can I meddle? Why, why, why are we screaming about gay people when we hadn't judged ourselves over adultery, fornication, and pornography? What? Clean up your own yard. Before you start screaming about homosexuality. I know it's wrong. I know it's sin. But we got stuff. You don't have any moral ground to speak to it if you're doing something else like it. Only different. I'm better than you. I just commit adultery. Are you nuts? Mom, it's time to lift up our head. We, 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 we can shine now brighter than anybody because it's so dark right now. It's easier to shine when it's this dark. Turn to your neighbor and say, get excited. Turn to somebody behind you and say, get serious. Turn to somebody else and say, become a harvester. Let's stand up, let's stand up, let's stand up. Listen, from the ninth grade to the twelfth grade, I worked on a farm. You know what I discovered? God did not call me to be a farmer. When you're a harvester, you know what you got to do? 
You prioritize your schedule. Why? The harvest is everything. I had a, one of my friends, his daddy was driving the tractor, and his daddy had to go to the house and get a part for the, for the baler. And my friend grabbed me, and he came up to the, he drove me up to the tractor. He said, get on the tractor. I said, what, what, what for? He goes, you're going to drive the tractor. I said, I don't know how to drive the tractor. He said, let me give you a five-minute lesson. He said, here's the brake. Here's the clutch. Here's first gear. Here's the throttle. Here's reverse. Don't do anything crazy. You're a tractor driver. He went back to the back. You know what I learned? I learned to adapt to do different things on the spot. Because when you're a harvester, you got to be, be flexible. you got to be willing to do anything just to get the harvest in. Even if it's not your job title and you don't feel comfortable doing it. It's, well, I don't like strange people. Well, get used to them. Just about everybody today is strange. You know what happened at my church where I pastored? I prayed my guts out for revival and the church filled up with weird people. I went back to the Lord and I said to him, I don't think you heard me. I don't know that you understood what I meant. Everybody that walked through the back door had a tick or a pop. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, I'm not going to send you the people that every church wants until you prove to me you'll love the people that no church wants. What'd you do? We loved the hell out of those people. Come on, come on. I want you to get excited about your life. Why? You make one change today. Just one little adjustment in your heart. And say, you know what? I do believe God's plan for me is good. And I do believe that I can see his goodness for the rest of my life. Now, let me just say to you right now. If Satan is saying anything contrary than that, that's why he sent me here today. To change your thinking about your life. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Father, bless your people. They're so precious. What a great church. Great leaders. Great pastor. Great future. I thank you, Lord. It's not all bad. In fact, in your kingdom, it's good. So today, I pray over the focus of these people. That if we've been focusing on the wrong thing, or maybe just focusing too much on something that's a distraction, it's become a distraction from the things of God. I pray today a return of focus to the plan of God for the church, for our lives, for our family, for our children, for the next generation. Renew our focus right now. And we thank you, Lord, that our best days are ahead. In Jesus' name. Pastor, would you come?